Welcome to Sell the Transformation. I'm Rachel. And I'm May. And we are here to shed light on the coaching industrial complex and the manipulative, fear-inducing ways they ask consumers to purchase a transformation. We'll be exposing the harmful business practices that come with bro marketing and boss babe culture while empowering online business owners to engage in ethical practices while doing sales. No more bullshit, only facts, as we expose the people trying to sell you the transformation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Sell the Transformation. Oh my god, I was just gonna say we need a theme song, and then you just you just did it. You just I, did the theme song. Every week I'm trying to bring a new um sort of musical ensemble to the podcast. It's like stuff you should know. Like they have a new a new theme song every time that people just make. Anyway, friends, yeah, anyway. welcome to our episode this week where we're going to talk to you about how to qualify a transformational professional before they sell you on the transformation. Selling the transformation. Yes. And I'm coming at you from my new micro studio, AKA my closet. Um, you know, I made the joke that this, this closet would cost like $1,200 a month in New York city. So I'm very grateful for it because in Rhode Island, you, it's only eight seventy five for a full apartment with three people. So I mean, I'm that's... chilling in my studio and that's why I sound so good. You sound terrific. You look fabulous. Um, even Thanks. though, um, people can't see you right now on the pod. I we'll based my out. makeup today off of an Instagram filter. Um, specifically one of the ones with the devil horns. I was like, wait, you can put, I'm, I, I put my blush like under my eyes. And I was like, wait, that actually <laughs> looks kind of good. So that's what I'm doing, but you guys can't see me. I... So whatever. <laughs> The new millennial makeup tutorial comes from following filter contours. I oh, love yeah. That. I'm a Gen Z millennial cusper. I'm like right on the line between millennial and Gen Z. So I'm constantly doing oh, yeah. Gen Z things. I am. Um, I, I call that like elder millennial, right? Like we're, we're some weird, like transitory generation that has no home. We have yeah. like, dial up like- connections and really fast cell phones in the same life. Yeah. I'm like an elder Gen Z almost depending on who you ask what the cutoff is. But anyway, we're going to talk about what questions you should ask before hiring a coach. And so I'm going to, so we each came up with five. I'm going to start with my number one, my number one question to ask, especially in this day and age of COVID and vaccines and QAnon and all of that. First, first thing to ask about a coach, especially spiritual one, do they believe in science? Yes. Talk Period. about it. Talk because, about it. Okay. So I see so many, like so many coaches, it's like, you start to talk to them. I've, I've had, in, I've had instances where I start talking to coaches, like to work with on my end, you know, cause I was one of those coaches that helped coaches and like, I'd be on a call with them and I'd be like, yeah, COVID's pretty bad. And they'll be like, I don't believe in COVID. And I'm like, hello, what? And even if like, I'm, they're applying to be my client, I, not, I'm not going to work with someone that doesn't believe in science, you know what That's I mean? That's right. But it, I think it's telling a lot, like, have they spiraled down that rabbit hole of, because if, if they don't believe in science and they're a spiritualist, that means that they've lost their critical thinking skills kind of, mm, yes. um, because I think, I think to be a spiritual person or a transformational coach, you have to have some critical thinking skills. You have to be able to challenge beliefs and stuff like that and hear different perspectives of everything um so if you want to be like a a, if you want to have clients that are you know thoughtful and 
come from different backgrounds and stuff like that come from different educational backgrounds and it's good to maintain critical thinking skills um (laughs) which is very important for science yeah science rules um and I think like after this past year that we've been through and seeing what harm and you know the spread of disinformation and how quickly that is um how quickly that happens and like how often it happens at the hands of people that are supposed to be doing good things for humanity or like serving Mm -hmm. people or like helping people, you know, figure shit out or actually doing more harm by denying science or, you know, absolutely perpetuating conspiracy theories, you know? Yeah. I'm like, so if they're a conspiracy theorist, I want to know up front, (laughs) like I need to know, please disclose. I don't want to pay $1,500 to someone. And then they're like, surprise, I'm a flat earther or something like that. So absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, that's like kind of, it's a goofy question, but it's important. No, I think it's really important. One of my first, well, it's not like one of the first questions I would ask on the call, but one of the things that I encourage people to ask when they're first starting out with a coach, or if they haven't received a referral from that coach, from somebody they know is to ask if they can speak to one of their former clients or like email with one of their former clients. Um, I know I've been a referral or a reference for coaches in the past. Um, I have clients on my roster that feel comfortable referring me or talking to new clients that I have come in. And I think that it's a really fair thing. If you're working with a coach that is like upfront and really like authentic and you know, in their truth and their transparency of their practice, they're going to have no qualms about having somebody go on the record for them, right? Like they'll already have that set up. And this is different than going through somebody's website and reading their like blacked out screen grabs or their, um, you know, their testimonials from Sheila H, you know, those, those are all well and good as far as like social proof, but does it give the whole experience? Like there's a difference hearing a testimonial from someone's mouth, um, than there is from just a case study. Right. And And Oh yeah. And the thing to remember about, you know, as someone who has used social proof in the past, the thing to remember about social proof is that they're screenshotting the best of the best. That's you know right. what I mean? So you never really see, you never see any criticism in, um, in like social proof or in testimonials or whatever, but having, having criticism and nuance is not a bad thing inherently, like having that kind of nuance. So it's good to talk to somebody that it's like, oh, okay, I know directly from you. And I've been that person too. Like I've had VAs be like, hey, can you talk to this person? And it's really, it, it is very helpful. And I can see the, um, I can see the good stuff behind that for sure. Yeah. Sorry, my cat, my cat is being distracting. Tommy is here. He's our producer. Yes, he's the cutest producer in all of the podcast land. Don't, don't believe any other word or cat producer on the street. Yes. The truth is here. <laughs> uh, what's your, what's your second one? What do you have second on your list? Yeah. Um, I want to know what is their background in experience or education? Like I'm not up here being like, you have to have an MBA obviously, because the thing about, and so I'm not exactly talking about like formal education. Cause I think college is kind of a scam. And also what they teach in school about business is not really relevant to today's kind of Instagram 
business perspective and stuff. Sure. So I want to know like what their background is, who they learned from and all of that. Like I always say like my background is um, I've been writing for 11 years professionally. I've been writing content. I've social media managed for the past, you know, however long. And that's kind of where I learned everything from. I didn't learn it from college. Like I'm, I'm, I was a theater major. So I'm more, I more am focused on experience rather than education. Um, so that's really important to me um, just because there are so many people that just declare themselves a coach. That's right. And it's like, and they've been doing business for like two days and then they just declare themselves a coach because they're like regurgitating what their coach said and yep. then they're making themselves a coach. So it's like, no, I want to know, like, how long have you been doing this? What are your qualifications? What are your interests? What are your passions? Like, I want to know where that came from. Yeah. I also think that from there, you can discern if this is somebody who just got bored with their industry and became a coach or consultant, or if this is somebody who is really committed to doing the work, because let's be exceptionally clear, coaching and the professionals that purport themselves to be coaches or actually are coaches or, you know, even consultants like those people, um, oftentimes don't have a great deal of experience and are charging exorbitant rates because somebody, um, imbued them with the power and the confidence and, um, the pompous, if you will, to, um, Mm -hmm. charge that much even though they don't have the commensurate experience to it. So I think that's a a really powerful question. Like to know, you know, it's not even about having like a specific coach training or certification. Cause I'm with you, like even some of the coach trainings and certification programs are very arbitrary. Like some of them might be, you know, related to the international coaching federation or ICF. Some of them aren't, some of them, you know, rebuke the ICF and are like their own body. And so, you know, it is a very, um, kind of like wild industry when it comes to like training and qualification and what that actually means. So I think you make a really good point too, of like really diving into like, what is your experience and how does that apply to the specific reason why I'm seeking your support? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of like push for coaches by their own coaches to like charge a lot right out of the gate. And yes, you should, you should charge like, you know, a rate that makes you feel comfortable. But if you're just starting out, like, don't be afraid. Like I always tell people, like, don't be afraid to work for free, like a few times. So you can build up those, those kind of like references and stuff like that. And even references, like the thing that is good about some coaching training is that it does require you to put in like coaching hours before you Mm -hmm. actually go out there and like do the work. And I'll tell you, like, you know, I might like talk a lot of trash about the coaching company that I worked for, but the reason that I went and worked there is because I needed without doing a coaching certification, I knew that I needed like what I would call practical, practical hours. Right. I wanted to be able to have, you know, a certain amount of hours applied with a certain structure, whether or not that was ethical or not, you know, yet to be seen. But, um, what I got was the ability to get on the phone and ask people really difficult questions to have really powerful conversations, to learn how to hold a really tight container. Um, and I think you only learn how to do that in the actual circumstance of, you know, holding or facilitating that space, whether it's in a one-on-one capacity or, a group capacity. So asking, you know, how have you coached, you know, how many group programs have you done? Um, Mm -hmm. really digging in, in that regard can be helpful too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So 
my next question is kind of more of like a question that you can ask yourself before you go in, but something that you can also frame up to the coach. And that is, um, is what you offer considered coaching or is it considered consulting? And I think this is a really important conversation for consumers to start having with themselves, especially when they're sizing up the professionals, the service professionals that they might want to partner with, because there is a difference between coaching and consulting, right? Coaching is I'm going to guide you. I'm going to ask you really powerful questions. And you and I are going to co-create solutions that are mostly of your creation Mm -hmm. um, and help you move through the work on the path to get done what you want to get done. Consulting, however, offers a bunch of solutions, right? Or one targeted solution. And I think a lot of times what is happening in the coaching space or the transformational space, especially with like the healing space and kind of the, the big gray area of like, are you helping guide me through this or are you telling me exactly what to do? Yeah, I think consulting is way more objective and coaching is way more subjective. Like consulting is more like, here are the answers to your questions. Whereas coaching is like, how can we find those answers together? And how does that feel for you? Like, how can we, how can we tailor this to you? So if like, you're a professional person, a professional person, we're all professional people. Um, (laughs) But, but like, if you have that educational background and everything to be a consultant, like that's a totally, I feel like that's a totally different thing. I mean, I usually like to people that there is a, there is a divide because I usually tell people that don't know or kind of dismiss me as an Instagram coach or whatever. I usually just say I'm a social media consultant just as a way to sound more professional, Yeah, but there is a big difference. Um, it's just depend. Yeah. Like consulting kind of gives you a more objective list of things. Whereas yeah. Coaching is more subjective. Yeah. And I think they get mixed up a lot. So people think that they're going into a coaching relationship where they're going to get a lot of support and they end up with like one call or like, you know, one or like they end up in a pot of people in a group call and they're not, you know, some of these group calls when I was doing them had like 30, 40, 50 plus people on them. Mm -hmm. And like for somebody that doesn't, for any, I don't know, for me, I don't often present well in those kind of group settings. I'm either like feeling like I'm taking up way too much space or I'm like Mm -hmm. playing it really small. And I think for anybody that has any sort of like, you know, mental health challenge or generalized anxiety, like that can be a really intimidating space to feel like you're getting support. So, you know, also too, like if it's a good, if it's a group coaching program, um, how are, how is that, um, professional supporting you. And here's an even bigger question. Is it that professional that will be supporting you? Right. If you're on the phone for a coaching program and you're on the phone with a salesperson or a team member or an ambassador, more often than not, you're going to deal with a team of people more than you will deal with the coach. I'm not saying in every scenario, but more often than not, if the original, if the OG coach, (laughs) the leader of the pack is not selling you in, um, you know, your introductory call or your consultation, then it's likely that you're going to be working through a web of other people through that program. I don't trust that. If some, if I'm getting on a call with someone and it's not the coach themselves that's being advertised, I'm like, absolutely not like that. I know I'm not going to get that individual tailored. Like when I look for a coach, I look for someone that can like, I don't want to say support me emotionally. They're not therapists. I I look for people that want to back me up as a human being as well as a professional. So I feel like if I, 
if I went into that kind of web, I would not want to, uh, I, I feel like I wouldn't be heard as much. So I guess that's another thing to consider. Like, is that, what kind of result do you want? Yeah. Transformation. I, I, I make fun of that. Cause what does that mean? Transformation? You know what I'm like, I know. It, like transformation can be literally anything. Like what is your transformation that you want? Think about that before you get into that. That's just a bonus question, I guess, that I'm throwing I- <laughs> But like, think of like, what transformation do you want? And is this person going to be supporting you as a human being with feelings and thoughts and emotions and shit? Like, yeah. are they going to do that? Or are they just going to be like, here, make this money so you can pay me? Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. What's your next but, question? Yeah. My next one is like, who do they look up to in the coaching space? Like sometimes Mm. I, I have learned that if there's someone I'm working with, I need to check who they are following. Um, I recently, when I was on, uh, Dr. Christian Northrup's page, who just, (laughs) who just got shut down by the way, which is, yeah. Can we just like, God, we can thank God sound effects here, but I'll clap all that anti-vax shit. But anyway, I clicked on her followers list and I saw like a bunch of people that I know and I was like what is this saying about these people that I've known for two years following this woman that's right so it, it kind of goes back to the do they believe in science thing if they're following people that perpetuate conspiracy theories or say really toxic things or are racist or sexist or anything like that like like do you want to work with that person so it's kind of good to know like who they look up to in the space um and just just see that yeah um, that's really important like if, if they're like oh I like Tony Robbins I'm gonna be like why yeah why do you like Tony Robbins in what world do you like Tony Robbins yeah and you know I think also too like doing a little a little sleuthing if you will like digging through the Instagram files like seeing I love going on um, people's profiles and seeing who has tagged them do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you can find some in- interesting information there, um, especially in the web. If you're finding coaches through Instagram ads, which I think I want to do a whole episode on in the coming weeks, because mm-hmm. holy hell, am I being targeted by the world of Instagram coaching ads right oh now? My God, I mean, terrible. it is like, I, and it, it just only something switched in the past two weeks. Cause it really only started in the last two weeks, either ads went up or like, I just got I, I don't know. They found me or I used <laughs> Russ Rafino's name too many times or something. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so um, one of the things I was going to say with that too, you know, you are who you follow, right? You are who you surround yourself with. And that exists both in real life and online as well. Um, the thing that I would add to that too, is like, if you're blindly following these people or people are blindly following questionable or problematic people, um, you know, where do they stand in their commitment to social and racial justice and anti-racism and like, do, does their business align with your values at the end of the day? Right. Um, I think that's, if we're talking about running a coaching practice that does any type of group function in 2021, um, if you don't have some semblance of group agreements, um, and you go into these spaces and they have no agreements and there's no rules on the space, I would call them unsafe spaces, right? Unintentionally Mm -hmm. curated spaces, because um, at that point, anybody can do harm at any time without any guardrails in the space. So um, understanding, you know, what the values of the coach are and how they translate into the coaching space is super important too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's good to know their values and everything. That's one of the most important things. Yeah. One of the, one of 
my, my big questions on here, I wrote like a bunch of questions and they all kind of like rolled into one was like basically asking the coach, if you didn't get it beforehand, like what's the fine print, right? Like what's the process, mm-hmm. right? And like knowing the details, like asking how long, excuse me, asking how long is the coaching session going to last, right? Is it 60 minutes? Is it 120 minutes? You know, how does that break out? Mm-hmm. Knowing if they require you to pay before you sign the contract, that's a really big thing, mm-hmm. right? Like knowing mm-hmm. this whole process, like they will want to talk to you a lot about the program, but like, I also look at the systems and the processes that they use to secure the coaching relationship, right? Because if those practices are filled with oppressive measures or incentives or, you know, deals or quick action taker discounts, I mean, that really leaves something from to be desired as far as like ethical marketing for me. So I shy, yeah. I shy away from that stuff. In my practice, the, the pricing is the pricing. You can have a payment plan. It's still the pricing. You can pay in full. It's still the pricing. You know, yeah. I'm not going to charge an administrative fee for something that my system does automatically. You know, it doesn't take yeah. me a long time to set it up. Um, and that might've been the case, like, five, six, seven years ago, it's not the case anymore for a lot of business owners. Right. Um, and I'm not like here to judge how people price their practices, but I'm saying like, if, if you don't want to be swindled by, you know, fees and clauses and contracts, the most important thing is to be upfront, right. In the words of Brene Brown, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. And that stands in how we venture into our business relationships, whether Mm -hmm. you're on the side of the practitioner or you're on the side of the prospect or the client, right? So one of the big things I want to emphasize with this is that you should never pay for a contract or pay for an engagement before you've looked at the contract. Yes. Should not give them a deposit. You should not give them any money until you have looked at the terms of engagement and they are presented to you. And if you do not know what those terms of engagement are saying to you, do not accept it as though it is just a privacy policy on a website. You need to, you need to read the, the contract. You need to look at the contract. Um, so many people, and we've gotten a lot of messages about this, about people just being swindled mm-hmm. out of thousands and thousands of dollars because they didn't read the contract or because they wanted to act fast on the act quick discount, <laughs> you know, the fast action ticker discount. Mm-hmm. Um, these are unethical practices that lack transparency, right? And don't, they really take away consent from from the consumer, right? From the person that you're selling to because they don't, they then don't have the autonomy to say like, yes, this is a good fit for me. They're, they're acting under pressure or impulse or whatever frame of reference that that person might be in. So have all of your information about the engagement um, and allow yourself to have time to make a decision. Yeah, I actually, um, adding on to that, something I always do whenever I'm on like a call with someone who's interested, I always ask them at the end, I'm like, what is your gut telling you to do? Like always check in, like if something doesn't feel right or if you're getting, or like something feels uncomfortable, don't do it. Like don't feel pressured. I know it's easy to say like, don't feel pressured, but like, you know, like if something doesn't feel right with you, don't do it. Ask more questions. Or, you know, there's an, there's are, there are ways to like, kind of 
get yourself out of that situation if you have to. Um, and I, I kind of adding on to that, my next question was, how are their payment plans formatted, which you kind of already covered. Um, like I, I'm really not a fan of like tacking on more money if you have to pay in payment plans. Like I know my clients pay me in payment plans. So that means if I ever hire a coach, I'm going to need payment plans because that's just how I'm paid as well. And I think it's very classist for one thing to have mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of hierarchy or whatever like to reward people that have two thousand dollars up front like not everybody has two thousand dollars up front so I think penalizing people that don't just have thousands of dollars lying around is super fucking classist and doesn't really do much for people that are looking to make money and have a successful business like that doesn't that just makes people feel even more nervous and even more on edge and all of that. And also in regards to reading the contract, make sure that there's a way out if you have to. That's right. Like I, I typically, when people want to like break the contract, I typically just do like, oh, it's a, it's a, you know, a hundred dollar fee or whatever, just on a, something that we agree with. Like my contracts are very fucking loose. I basically, my contract is like, here's how much money it costs. Just let me <laughs> just sign this. So we are on agreement for that. Like, I don't really I don't really go deep into it because my coaching practice is very, very loose and kind of, you know, I I'm very loose with that kind of stuff, but if there is a contract, make sure that, um, there's a way to get out of it. Um, if you have to, if like, you can't pay anymore, cause coaches should never be like, no, you have to keep going. Even if you have no money right now, like, I'm not going to make someone keep paying me if they have no money, like, I'm yeah. not going to do that. Um, so make sure that there's always a way out if you have to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, know what the, the refund policy and the guarantees are like one of my, like, I realized that I said, like, let's do questions for this episode. And I just made like really bold statements. I was like, make sure this, know this, but like one of the things that I put on this list was like, what does the small print on the website say? Like that is a question that you should ask yourself when you're sizing up the person. And whenever I go to a coaching website now, the first thing I do is I scroll to the bottom of the website. And if there is a disclaimer on their website about no guarantees, results results are not typical, nothing is guaranteed. On the one I saw for the, um, there's a guy whose name, is escaping me, but don't worry. He'll run an ad again today and I'll see it. But he's doing like the Tony Robbins, um, Marie Shorleo, um, like summit thing. And at the bottom of his website in the, in the preamble, and I'll link it in the show notes if I can find it. He puts, um, this is not an MLM. So, okay, dude, if you have to declare, (laughs) if you have to declare that your summit is not an MLM, you're probably running some framework of an MLM. Yeah. And I just want to say like, if there, we talk a lot about like big coaches being shitty. What I've realized smaller coaches are the much better way to go. Um, and they honestly, smaller coaches will have better results. Like my, one of my best friends was my Instagram coach and she always framed it as like, you know, she's a wonderful Instagram coach. She monetizes Instagram so fucking well. And when people like gave her shit, like, Hey, you only have 8,000 followers. What do, what do you know about Instagram? And she's like, well, I may have 8,000 followers, but I'm making a full-time living off of it because I know how to use the 8,000, not use that's a bad word, but I know how to maneuver my own following so I can get brand deals so I can get coaching clients and all that. And now like, so that's something I think about is sometimes the smaller clients 
are, or the smaller coaches are better to hire. Um, also because if they're getting results with only 2k, 3k followers, that, that says something because if these big ass coaches who have hundred K followers are saying results aren't typical, then what is that? What does that say? Cause all of my coaches that I've had, um, they've all been wonderful and they've all been smaller coaches between 2000 and 8,000 followers and all of their, like most of their clients get results in some capacity. Um, so I'd say like, if you're looking for a coach, look for a smaller coach, um, look for, you know, there's so many amazing coaches I've worked with. Uh, Reagan storm is amazing. Um, she was my first coach, Grace Swain, Talia Lopez, um, Swati Hedge, like there's so many, and those are all just like people that are my friends that I'm shouting out essentially like, <laughs> around that. Um, but like the smaller coaches are, you know, they can be incredible too. Like my, my first life coach, uh, Cece McLaren, she is the most wonderful person I have ever met in my life. And she fucking slays everything about it because she does everything by, the way she does marketing I've talked to her about marketing before she's a very like spiritual wholesome British woman and like fucking gorgeous too I need to say that like if Cece if you're listening you're fucking hot um she's a she's a great (laughs) friend of mine um but she was saying we talked about marketing once and I was like and she was like booking out her programs like no problem and I'm like how do you do it like what is your marketing secret and she's like I use aspirational marketing basically not hard selling but instead I go on my stories and I talk about my own journey and where I am now. So people can aspire to be like that. And then they just come into my DMS because they want to learn more Mm -hmm. about how to be like that. And that's how you should, that's how you should do it. I think you should just create content. That's like, look at the progress I've made in my journey or the progress that a client has made in in their journey. And then that'll naturally kind of attract people in a non sleazy way. Like no non sleazy sales is something that people say all the time, but it doesn't always, it's It's like the new thing that's like played out, right? It's like, I'm going to sell you something on non sleazy sales, but after we're done, I'm going to sleazily invite you into a sleazy membership. (laughs) Yeah. But like, but like CC is a great example of like having really wholesome marketing yeah. And still getting like massive fucking results. Like she books out her, she only takes like three clients at a time and she's always booked out. Yeah. Um, so like I, that's, that's really cool. And same with, you know, like Reagan Storm was my first coach and she has grown so much in the year and a half that I've known her as well. And she focuses a lot on like, you know, no rules in your, in your marketing and stuff. And we can tag all these people in the show notes. I'm just yeah. shouting out. She's just like, my hey, friends. Friends. I'm not even gonna lie. My friends, <laughs> but they were also my coaches, so I can shout them out. Well, and I, my experience. I think it's important, right? Like, um, I started with um a coach that was in like a you know a very personal practice. Um, she was very much like at the front and the helm, and I looked at that and I was like, this is the type of practice that I want to run. Like, I want to be the person at the, the front, I don't want to run a team. Like I, I, and maybe some of that is like my recovering codependency. Like I've got control issues. I'll admit it. I like to be in control. Um, yeah. but I also don't want to be a manager. Like I worked in corporate for 12 years. Like I know the oh, stress yeah. that comes with having a staff of people and like some people, God bless their souls derive so much meaning and purpose from like mm-hmm. being the person that like supplies a salary to a bunch of fucking people. And like, good on them. I sleep much better at night knowing that me and my child free ass, like do not have to worry about anything. Same, same. Like I usually I'll have like, I'll, I'll hire a VA every now and again for like a certain project, but like, I would feel so 
I, I, I like having all the, I like doing everything myself. Like I just, I'm cause my brand is like so particular and such a very specific narrow, like sense of humor. And I'm like, I don't know if anybody else would get this. So I'm just going to do this. But it like, if I'm like, if I'm like, Hey, I don't know how to use MailChimp. I'm just going to pay someone to do that. Cause I can't figure out MailChimp, but I know what you mean. Like I, and if somebody wants to work with me, I want them to talk to me. I don't want them to talk to like someone who isn't me because nobody That's will right. fully understand my vision because they're not in my brain. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess that's, and I've seen plenty of big coaches, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I had a phone call with, I, with, uh, this one coach, she's actually like really wonderful. And she's a very big coach has a YouTube channel and stuff. And it was her, like I called, like I got a discovery call with her and it was actually her. And I was like, wow, even for someone who is part of a big coaching thing, so I yeah. feel like that's a warning sign as well. Like, I'm not trying to shit on people, but mm. like, I mean, I shit on people a lot on this show, but like, <laughs> I, <laughs> but if somebody, if, if I get on a call with someone and it's like, not the coach, I'm going to be weirded out a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I think that's like a personal preference thing. Like some people maybe don't look for that level of intimacy with their practitioner. I do. Um, yeah. my, the last coach that I hired, her name is Michelle Ward. She's the 90 day business coach and she's incredible. She does her all. I mean, she has people that work on her team, but all of her work, all of her practice, all of her, um, like introductory calls and everything like that are all done by her. Like she is at the helm of her practice. Mm -hmm. Like she is the forward facing part of her practice. And, um, you know, if occasionally I heard from her VA or something like that, that felt appropriate. Do you know what I mean? Like she's running a pretty busy, you know, fully booked practice. And so I think that like, you know, these are all, you know, it's important to come into any call or any investigation with a practitioner, whether it is a therapist or a coach or a consultant, or, you know, even somebody that you're going to like contract with or hire. Right. Um, these are really good questions to think about in general. One thing I wanted to add in that we, I didn't put on my original list, but so oh, I have one of, more question, but yeah. Oh, okay, good, good. This yeah. is my last one. Um, okay. asking people what they're doing to keep themselves in their learning? Do they have a coach? Do they have a therapist? You know, are they, you know, what are they doing to be in continual learning? Right. I think that, um, that especially applies for people that you're buying marketing consulting or coaching from because Mm -hmm. marketing consult marketing, especially digital marketing is changing all the time constantly. So if you buy a product from somebody and it is giving you a funnel that is like, made for four years ago, which definitely happens, right? There's definitely people out there that don't update their content. Um, you want to understand how that person is keeping their practice and their curriculum current so that they know, or so that you know, and have the benefit that like they've done the work to make sure that things are up to date, right? You're not buying old content. Yeah. Definitely. And also, um, you, it's funny that you said therapist, because at the same time, I, I don't want to hang. I, that's like my qualifications with making friends too. I'm like, are you seeing a fucking therapist? Like, yeah. that's, like, <laughs> that's like kind of an everybody thing. It's like, if like, 
I, I, there have been too many times in my life where I've been around people that refuse to get therapy and they're just not fun people. So I can second you on that, especially with someone that you're working with because coaches do like they're, they're not therapists, but they do have a big impact on your mental health because they're helping you reframe mindset and stuff. And that's not directly therapy, therapy work because they're not qualified to be therapists usually, but they do have an impact on your mental health and on growing your mindset. So like making sure that they are somewhat knowledgeable about that is. Yeah. And doing the same for themselves, right? Like if you're going to walk, I mean, if you're going to talk the talk, you better fucking walk the walk, like heal or heal thyself. Right. All this shit about like fake it till you make it. No, that is a capitalistic, patriarchal, mediocre white man fucking standard that needs to be eradicated. It's terrible. terrible. Yeah. What's your last question? I'm here My for last it. We're question, here for it. This one is probably the most important is how do they react when you tell them that you have to think it over, that you need time to think it over? How do they react to that? Do they pressure you or do they do they give you time? Like what like for me personally as a coach, it's like, yeah, of course I would love for them to sign the contract on the call. Of course, I could use that money because we're all just you know, we want to help people, but we also got to pay the bills. Of course, I would love for them to sign on the call. But if somebody's like, I need a day to think it over, I need a day to look at my finances. I'm like, absolutely, because I don't want you to be poor either. And it's like, but some people don't give a fuck about that. They're just like, they're just like, well, can you take out a credit card? We need to figure out how to make this work. How can we make this work? And, um, you know, that's something I was taught to do and have since learned better. I would never ask someone to take out a credit card, by the way. I would never fucking no. do that. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a credit card. Like I don't I have a credit card. Every so episode of Sell the Transformation, that. Rachel's like, credit cards are the devil. <laughs> That's me. Like I I like I never had a credit card. So I have like no credit. Like just it's know, not like it. it's not like bad credit. It's just like my credit doesn't exist because all my student loans were paid off like immediately because yeah. dead dad, but also, like, <laughs> but it's like, so I'm, if I'm not going to take out a credit card for a coach, why the fuck would I ask you to do it? PayPal Amen. credit on the other hand is a great thing. If you, it's a get- tool, right? It's a tool. PayPal, if you're, if, if like, I'd say like just a little tip, if you're thinking about taking out a credit card for a coach, don't do that. If you need credit, PayPal credit is a much more ethical thing to do because you have six months to pay it off without interest. Yeah. And it, do- it doesn't like really affect your credit score because of that. But anyway, side note, but, um, but yeah, like how do they react when you say like, I need a day? Um, I always tell people like, you know, if you want to wait 48 hours, we can do that because so many coaches preach like it, like they want you to impulse buy. Um, they want you to like spend all this money and be like, no, you have to do it right now because that's the transformation. That's their transformation. And it's usually, it's usually like some gaslighty shit about manifestation at some point. Like you have to, you you have to show the universe that you're putting in, you're putting in, like, that's what I was taught by, um, by coaches that I didn't mention, um, <laughs> but that we might get to mentioning in, oh my God. I was but thinking a- the other day of like a whole manifestation episode, because that oh my God, is like I mean, a topic for another I day. I have friends. so much to say about manifestation. <laughs> I have so much to fucking say as a witch and a skeptic at the same time. I have same, so same. Um, but, uh, coming up soon friends coming up soon. Oh my God. But yeah, like it was like, people will try to gaslight you and be like, well, you need to show the universe that you're serious about making a change. And that's why I fucking dropped $2,000 in payment plans. 
uh, yeah. payment plan to fucking manifestation babe and I will openly call her out on here because that's kind of the mindset she has it's like you have to be able to put money down so you can like manifest this shit am I allowed to call her out I can call her out right I'm gonna call I- her out but like th- but that's like her mindset it's like you have to put down money to get money back like because of the universe or whatever and then it's like not necessarily her that does this but like kind of the guilt tripping like the spiritual bypassing and guilt tripping through spirituality oh yeah that rubs me the wrong fucking way like don't use don't take advantage of my beliefs for your benefit that's right well and and the coach that I worked for um you know part of the program you know, like there's Facebook ad funnels. There's like all of this, like really in-depth, like high level marketing. But the mm-hmm. first part of it was like, you need to clear your energy leaks. And it's like, oh clear your fucking energy leaks. Like, and, and as somebody who was like helping facilitate this program, people would come to me and they're like, I just can't seem to clear all of the energy leaks. And what I can't say to that person is that's because you're not ready for this program. But like, here we are, you spent $10,000 and like, here we are. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard because taking taking advantage of people's spiritual beliefs to sell is just, it's like, it's like back in, you know, the, the middle ages when people would literally like buy miracles from God or what buy things from priests. I, I don't know what they were called. They would like buy these things from priests and priests basically told them if you gave money, then you'll go to heaven or whatever. Like okay. I kind of get the same fucking vibe from that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I don't, I don't understand that because you are perfectly able to make money by learning on your own. Like you, it's, you yeah. are perfectly fine with that. Getting a coach is good, but it's like, you have to find the right one. Again, smaller coaches are always better. I've had much yeah. more success um, with smaller coaches. And by smaller coaches, I think, you know, I want to frame that up too. We're not talking like, you know, people that just work with one or two people. We're talking about people that have practices that aren't based on huge funnels or like large yeah, group programs. Exactly. Like, you know, like I would consider myself a smaller coach because I only work with clients one-on-one. I fill Same. up, I stay filled. I usually open my coaching once or twice a year or like as the spots open up. Um, I don't believe in launches. I don't have typical mm-hmm. marketing cycles. So like, I think those are some of the, you know, I just wanted to give some framework for like what we're talking about when we mean that, like yeah. bigger ticket coaches or like celebrity coaches. Um, I, and are- even- like even don't dismiss people because they just have 2000 followers, you know, or that's even right. Like what followers. is an audience? I mean, you could have 2000 followers and, and like an email list of like 30,000 people, you know and what also, I mean? Like, like, if you think about it, like if you, if you were to stand up on a stage in front of 2000 people and share your knowledge, that's a lot of fucking people. Um, so I'd say like, you know, also if they're able to monetize that well, with a thousand followers, then that's the person you want to fucking learn from. Yeah, like absolutely. If, if they're if they have ten thousand followers and or a hundred thousand followers even, and they're saying that you might you, you probably won't get these results, then it's like why the fuck would you sign up with them just for the name essentially? And also at the same time, you know, coaches that are I'd, yeah, I guess smaller isn't the right word, but it's like not to mention that they are priced way more affordably. You're more you're more able to get payment plans and shit. Um, when you have a coach that isn't a huge celebrity entrepreneur, because I've seen people be like, you have to pay $10,000 right now. And I'm like, bitch, where, where am I going to get $10,000 right this fucking second? 
Yeah. And I just think that like, you know, what we're going to try when we're going to start seeing in the coaching and consulting industries are these disparities, right? There are people that are going to be specifically targeting, you know, like I'm using air quotes, affluent clients, um, which I think is like a fucking discrimination. You know what I mean? But like, I, I, you know, that's not how I want to run my practice. Like I want everybody that wants to access coaching with me, that would be a good fit for me to be able to access that. Not everybody wants to play in that space of ethics because ethics don't pay in the short term, right? Ethics Mm -hmm. are like a long-term game and a long-term investment. And I think, you know, one thing we need to understand and really start to do is call coaching practitioners and marketing coaches, marketing consultants, anybody who's selling, you know, services that are supposed to guide or develop a solution for people, what we need to do is hold them to account as the leaders that they profess themselves to be. And the way that you hold them to account is by asking them questions about how their practice works, what's involved and, and what's going to be required of you as the client, what kind of commitment is going to be required of you and coming into those conversations from a place, not of desperation, but of curiosity and investigation. Because when we come into these conversations where we've been marketed to our pain points have been preyed upon and we're feeling like this person has all of the exact solutions we need that's usually a pink flag that we've been targeted right that we've been persuaded to take some action and going into that call from a place of desperation is going to make you as the consumer more vulnerable. And therefore, if you're in the hands of somebody who is preying on vulnerabilities, you're going to be put into a not so pleasant scenario, right? And so absolutely. Our hope today is that these questions help you frame up a conversation. They help empower you before you get to the call so that you can, you know, stand in your power and, and decide if this transformation that's being presented to you is the exact one that you want to take part in. Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel pressured by someone to fucking give them all your money right now, right here, right now. Do again. I'm a big fan of critical thinking skills. So always, always think critically about everything is what I, it's what I like to think about. Well, and there's this, you know, I'll leave us with this quote today. And this is from an article that I'm going to put in the show notes. Um, Some of the questions that I pulled today came from this article. Um, It's by Maura Mackey and it's called 10 questions to ask a coach. And she wrote, anyone can and does call themselves a coach. There is no single unified coaching accreditation body. So why wouldn't you ask more questions? Exactly. So stay curious, my friends, keep your eyes, your ears, and your hearts open as you navigate this very, very rocky (laughs) coaching industrial complex. Um, And if either Rachel or I can be a resource to you, if you sense something that is, um, you know, not up to snuff or you need a second pair of eyes on it, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can contact us through the sell the transformation Instagram profile. You can email us at sell the transformation at gmail.com. Um, or you can access us through uh, voice messages right here on the pod. So, um, yeah. we're still looking for coaching confessionals. If you have a story to share that you want to, um, to get out to more people about something that's happened to you in the coaching industry on a call as an employee, we absolutely want to hear from you. And that link to submit your stories is in our show notes as well. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Rachel. Everyone. We'll see you back here next week. Bye Bye guys. 
Thanks for listening to Sell the Transformation. The show is hosted by Rachel Quinn and Meg Collier. You can follow the show on Instagram at Sell the Transformation. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and or becoming a monthly supportive member of the work by visiting us at sellthetransformation.com. If you know someone that needs this podcast, please forward it to them. The more we know, the better informed we can become and the easier it is to make better decisions and greater change in the world. We'll see you back here on the next episode.